Welcome to the Bold City Bros podcast, episode two. We are officially off the ground. We're it's still, still we're stuff. still ascending. We haven't hit thirty thousand feet where we can take our laptops out. No, yeah, absolutely not. But we are. <laughs> yeah, we can't take our laptops out yet. Um, phone is supposed to be on airplane mode. Supposed like to be. Not. No mm-hmm. one does that. Yeah, no one does that. Um, but I mean, headphones are in. Yes. Like, I've completely stopped paying attention to the flight attendant. <laughs> so yeah. Um. So today we're gonna start with an announcement that uh Dalton has. Actually wait, before before that, um Dalton, how you doing today, dude? I'm doing fantastic. On a scale of one to ten, how are you doing? Ten. I've literally done what? nothing all day. I worked out in my garage. It was very warm. In your garage? Yeah. Did you just like hit the punching bag a lot? No, dude, I was hitting the punching bag last week and I hurt my wrist. And so I don't I just do push ups now pretty much. Push-ups and pull-ups. That's your workout, is push-ups. Yeah, body weight. Are you trying to do, like, a Herschel Walker kind of thing? Exactly. I also hold... My mom has a, like, jumper cable battery thing that's, like, 20 pounds. So I hold that and do kettlebell squats with it. You do what squats with it? Kettlebell. Kettlebell. Or, like, jumper cable battery squats. Jumper cable battery (laughs) squats. That'll work. Thank you, dude. How's your day going? Dude, my day is... I mean, my day was alright. It wasn't, like, amazing, but it wasn't horrible. I got up. Went to church, um, went to lunch, went to Bono's, it was pretty fire. Shout out Bono's, if you want to throw an ad in Yeah, shout out Bono's. We're open for that. (laughs) Sponsored by Bono's. Bono's, we're uh, we're open for business, man, if you're trying to, if you're trying to holler Mr. Bono. If Sonny's is listening, Sonny's is better, so we'd rather have y'all. And Bono's, if you're calling, we will delete that. (laughs) Um. Yeah, was it Bono's? It wasn't bad. They have this really good sweet and tangy sauce. And I put that... So I'm like really weird, okay? I do this really weird thing. I put barbecue sauce on my mac and cheese. Better than ketchup. Is that a thing people yes. do? Yes. People put ketchup on their mac that and cheese. That is a serial killer move. I, I think it might be just a Jacksonville thing. It's if you put ketchup on your mac and cheese, ball. you have at least one dead body in your house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, like, there's no other way to like explain that. No, for sure. No I mean, rational human being looks at mac and cheese and they say, you know what this should go with? Heinz. No. <laughs> I mean, Heinz, like, shout out Heinz. If you're Heinz, if you're open to <laughs> putting an ad in our show, we're free. Brought to you by Heinz. Heinz. <laughs> Wait, Heinz is German, right? Pizza schön. <laughs> Do Heinz in the pizza schön voice. Heinz. <laughs> Shout out Germans real quick. Shout out just all Germans. Back to back World War losers. <laughs> back to back. Hey, it's too soon though. It's true though. It is true. Um, but yeah, so after Bono's, um, I went and ran some errands. I uh, I needed to get my car washed. So I, so I walked into my car this morning and it just smelled horrible. And I was like, why does my car smell so bad? Mm. And I looked back there and my basketball shoes were in my car. And I was mm. like, okay, that's probably why. Wait, why do you have basketball shoes? You only the hoop. I hoop occasionally. <laughs> you call what you do hooping, bro? <laughs> catch me on the court, dog. No one who says catch me on the court, dog, is even remotely competent at the game of basketball. Dude, that game would be so terrible to watch. It's two five eight white kids just <laughs> going after it. And one of them keeps going, catch me on the court, bro. Because <laughs> you would say that the whole game. I would. Every bucket, you'd say, catch me on the court, bro. Yeah, there'd only be like one bucket. <laughs> terrible basketball. Um, but yeah, so it smelled horrible. So I was like, all right, this is, this is tough. So when I got back to my sister's house, I took the shoes out and that like, just like that smell just inspired me to just go get my car washed anyway. So I, but I didn't really know where to go. So I Googled like car washes near me and I, I found one that like looked decent. So I, I drove down there and like the whole thing's closed up. Uh Like it looked like it hadn't been open in months. Times are tough. And I was like. All right, well, I guess I'm not getting my car washed here. Go needs to update their shit. That's what I'm saying, dude, for real. And then I went to, so then I went to uh, the car spa next to Regency. Shout out car spa. If you're open to putting an ad, <laughs> we're free. Shout out car spa. So I went to the car spa in Regency. And, uh, Shout out Regency Mall. <laughs> if you're open to putting an ad on our show, we're free. If any store in Regency is open, 
if there are any left, we have a spot for you. So, I mean, car spa was pretty good. Not bad. I sat there for probably 20 minutes, and they did, like, the outside and the inside, whatever, so not bad. And then I went, did other stuff, shopped around a little bit, and, like, I went back to Ash's house, my sister, and I needed to do a quiz. The quiz was due at 8, and it was, like, 7.30 at this point. But the quiz only takes, like, five minutes or whatever. So I, I get on Canvas, I start doing the quiz, and, of course, like, right when I open my quiz... My nephew, my one-month-old nephew, decides to just go berserk. Oh, my God. He dude. decides to just cry like there's nobody's business. Like, like there's no, like no tomorrow. Like, literally, this man, I don't know what he was mad about, but he was furious. Dude, babies don't slap. Yeah, I mean, little kids kind of slap. But babies, like, like infants, definitely oh, do not God. slap. Their heads are so weird looking. Yeah, their heads are weird looking, dude. He didn't have the cone head anymore. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad it routed out. <laughs> it I was really hoping for that. His legs are almost fully straight, too. Because um, you know how you, like... You know how babies are, like, bow-legged? No. So when you're, like... Obviously, obviously when you're, like, in the womb, like, there's not a lot of room. So your legs are, like, curled up all the time. So pretty much every baby comes out bow-legged. Bow-legged and cone-headed. Bow-legged. Yeah. I literally never heard of that before in my life. Yeah, so like you're like the like literally their shins are like curved. Oh my god, that's their so shins. Gross. Their shins kind of look like uh, like parentheses. Why do people have babies that they're so nasty looking? <laughs> <laughs> Just have adults, dude. Come on. Like um, <laughs> uh, Cam, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Um, hoping everyone out there had a great Still week. My day was a seven, by the way. Today? Yeah, my day was a 7. Too. Today has been an absolute 10. If I've ever had oh, a there we go. Oh. Y'all both just have Dude, phenomenal we days. Have. Every day is a phenomenal day. Wake up, go to brunch. Brunch at the uh, Jack's Beach Haas House. Shout out Haas House. <laughs> if you want to go and add in our show, we're free. Where's Haas House? It's literally... It's south. It's on 3rd Street. Street. Yeah, it's on 3rd Street. Honestly, probably a 5-minute drive from my condo. Did it slap? It slapped. And dude, is that the one where the guy sings? He sings. Yes, dude. He sings opera. Yes. The manager crazy. sings opera. Like a big bald man. Yes, bro. He sings opera. Like regularly? Like you're in there just so eating you, and he's just If you opera. order any of the like the mosas or the champagne, he will bring it to your table personally singing opera. So I'm in there, I get my sampler, I got a I mean I'm talking two over easy eggs. A, a freshly made, handmade pancake. Oh. Hash brown. Great meal. Then I go back That's home. Nice. What time is it at this point? It's probably about 10.30. No, wait. 10.45. breakfast time. Yes. Way too early. Per- ideal. Dude, no, not for breakfast. For breakfast on a Sunday, I'll take it, dude. I'll take ideal that. Ideal breakfast. We're gonna have Overcast or sitting outside in a little patio area. Overcast so it's not hot. feels great. Go home. Go to the beach. I find myself here after the beach recording this podcast. What a great day. What a, what a day, dude. Yes. Dude, the question that you should have asked, Graham, is how was your 4th of July weekend? How was your 4th of July weekend? Absolute banger. Shout out America if you're free for an ad. Like <laughs> Happy birthday, George Washington. Thomas Jefferson. That's it. What did you do your 4th of July weekend, bro? Oh, dude, thank you for asking. Uh, beach bars. All day. Wait, what did we do? We Actually, went, don't shout out to Jack's Beach Bars as well. Well, during the day, July 4th, I wasn't there because I was at a wedding. wedding. Bro. Yeah. Yeah, my roommate decided it would be sweet to get married on July 4th. But anyway, that night, we we went to... We started Ritz. at We started at Ritz, and then we left, which I didn't want to leave because Ritz is dope. Shout out Ritz. It is a cool place. Ritz is fun. Um, and oh. I was having a lot of fun, and I just opened up a tab, so like I was good. But, you know, we decided to leave. That always happens. Every time I open up a tab... That was the last time drink, I was there to you. That's why you always got to close your tab. I no, dude. I'm not, clo- I'm not tipping every drink. That's a good point. You're not a baller. This kid doesn't have... I mean... This kid doesn't have stats. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I don't. Clearly, we're not getting enough ads for me to be able to close out my time. Shout out ads. If you want an ad. 
Um, yeah, so Linda we Ritz, and then we went to Hoptinger, right? Yes, Hoptinger, Hoptinger. How do you pronounce that? Hoptinger, I think. It looks like Hoptinger, but I've heard people call it Hoptingers really? multiple times. That yeah. sounds a lot weirder. Hoptinger does... sounds way better. Is it German? <laughs> Hoptinger! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, no, it's not. Definitely not German. Not. <laughs> we were in a cam test, and it didn't work. <laughs> Dude, then we went in the surfer line, and it was fat, and they kicked us out, because someone started a fight right by yeah, us. Yeah, we were literally in the front of the surfer line, and they were like, no, I'm not letting anybody else in. And I was like, well, that's cool. I didn't want to, I didn't stand in this line for an hour. It's cool. It's surfing. fine. I didn't, want, I didn't want to go anyway. It's fine. And then we went to Lynch's. To Lynch's, yeah, which we always end the night at Lynch's. Yeah, in the Lynch's. Not a big Lynch's guy. I mean, shout out Lynch's, but I'm not a big <laughs> Lynch's guy. It was super crowded in there last it time always, I was there. It always is. And super hot. Yes, it was hot as well. It wasn't as hot last time we went though. No, it wasn't. Dude, last time it was way. But way this back. time we went like we went like really late. It was like late, late. Yeah. By the time we got to Lynch's, so like, like one o'clock. Yeah, so it was like mostly cleared out. Did the question is is did you see Jacksonville Jaguars legend Blake Bortles in attendance? No, dude, he's in LA, bro. Dude, literally. I know, bro. We all just turned twenty one. What's he doing? The fact we all turned twenty one simultaneously. Right when he leaves. As Blake Bortles moves to different cities, maybe the downfall of my entire existence. Dude, right. shout out Blake. If you want to be a guest in this pod, literally, I will pay you. My life savings oh, for to sure. be on the pod. All five dollars. <laughs> okay, we don't have to expose them like that. It's tough out here, dude. It is tough out here. So we want to start today with an announcement that Dalton has. This is a very important announcement, and I saw this today, and this snuck up on me. Was not expecting it, but tomorrow, as of tomorrow, wait. As of today, we gotta cut that out. We gotta cut that out. Are you ready? This snuck up on me, but as of tomorrow, when this podcast drops, Monday, July 8th, one month from then, will be the Jaguars' first preseason game. (laughs) Jags football. In Baltimore. We have Jaguars football back in one month, ladies and gentlemen. That's nice. That's nice. Isn't that huge? And then one month and one week. We had the Jaguars' first home game oh, of the preseason. Back at the bank. Back at the bank. We're locking it down. Eagles at Jags, August 15th. That's a good one. You know we'll be there. We'll be there in our new shirts that someone's going to design. If uh, anyone likes designing shirts out there, hit us up. Yeah, we'll don't, give you business. Don't hesitate. And so, yeah, so we got one month till Jags' first uh, game, and we have a little over two weeks. Until training camp starts. That's also very exciting. So that is super exciting. Any any football of any kind, if it's practice, I don't care if any football is on or being done. Being done, I guess you can't really do, <laughs> do football. football. <laughs> being if played. it's being played, <laughs> I'm being super lived. excited. If it's being lived... <laughs> Live football, bro. We don't play football. We live it. I breathe it. I live it. <laughs> uh, but, dude, even before, if you're talking football in general, we got 22 days until the Hall of Fame game, Atlanta versus Denver. So That's the, that's honestly... 20 days, you said? 22. That's good. That's Isn't good. that crazy? Three weeks. Dude, I love the Hall of Fame that's game. That's three pods. That's three pods for now. In three pods, we got football. I love the Hall of Fame game, but it is... Honestly, very overhyped because you watch like the first series or two and you notice like this is awful football. This yeah, is terrible. For sure. But it's football and you'll take it. Take it's it. Football. For sure. I'll but it's definitely, I think it's a little, <laughs> it's a little early for a first game to be played and no. you can tell in the first series or two. For sure. They're definitely not ready. I mean, literally, it's like a week after they start the training yeah, camp. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, honestly, to me, if they just got rid of the whole preseason, I, I would. Dude, they shortened it. Dude, I love preseason, dude. Like, seeing all the backups, like, you know not all of them are going to make it. Like, they're out there fighting for their livelihood. Yeah, honestly, as far as, like, an interesting game, the second half is better than the first because, like, everyone's actually trying. Yeah, the starters are abysmal to watch. Yeah, it's tough. But, I mean, still exciting that football's only that far away. Yep. Football's about to be done in the next month. It's about to be done. It's exciting, dude. And then, so we got Monday, July 22nd is when the first years, the rookies and the quarterbacks report to training camp for the Jaguars. And the rest show up two days later on the 24th. 
And then first on-field full pads practice on the 25th. So, that is exciting. That is extremely exciting. What are y'all's expectations? In general? Just broad. Give me just a couple broad, or maybe just one broad training camp expectation. Just as far as, you know, like how a certain guy plays out a position battle, something. Hopefully, I guess we won't have a fowler Yannick fight again. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, I, I, I got one. Okay. Right. I, my biggest training camp expectation is I want training camp to finish with Josh Oliver being far and away the number one tight end. Oh, dude, that'd be so nice. I, I That's don't a dream. want I don't want the other tight end. I want the other tight ends to be a complete afterthought. Like Ben Koyak, who is that? I like I don't want him to be thought about. I feel that for sure. Osh- is O'Shaughnessy still on the roster? Mm-hmm. Yeah. O'Shaughnessy. Well, he's I like a starter right now. Well, I don't want him to be. <laughs> Nobody. Does. Does. And I I mean the um the report on Josh Oliver was really good after OTAs, but everyone kind of said, well, his main flaw in college was his physicality. So, kind of the... That's why everyone's brakes have kind of been pumped on the OTA hype, because everyone's been saying, let's wait until he puts on pads. Yeah, I mean, it's OTAs. Right. But once training camp starts and we get pads on, um, I would just love to, to hear reports that he's just taken off and that he is... You know, taking over the tight end spot because they're going to give him every possible chance to do so. Dude, I hope so, dude. I, I hope it's not Jeff Swaim and Ben Koyak running the show. Yeah, same. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's a nightmare. That's what I'm saying. Like, like by the end of training camp, I want to hear that he is far and away the number one tight end. Yeah, that that's my that's my expectation <clears throat> slash hope for Jags training camp. My expectation. It's going to be really hot. Okay. That is number one. That's the most obvious. Of course it is. It's gonna it's gonna be hot. It's coming from you, Cam. Second expectation though, more about the football. Oh, you mean the weather. <laughs> they said your expectation was like a hot take. I think both of us were preparing for you to give us a hot take. Because you said my expectation's gonna be hot. And I thought you meant You're the hot take guy, Cam. You can't drop that yeah, out as like that. Well, I, I, you mean literally what? I would love that there's hot takes everywhere, but I, I'm trying to be The fact that it's gonna be hot in Jacksonville for training camp might be but that's not a hot taste. My expectation, and guess what? I'm gonna be right. You, you, probably, <laughs> you probably will. Second of all, if it's cold, we have serious problems. We have football, <laughs> like climate crisis. That would be a huge problem. <laughs> you get out to a train again the first day. It's 35 degrees, <laughs> dude. Yeah. We, but we'll be ready for any conditions if that's the case. <laughs> we did OTAs in the scorching heat. We do training camp in the freezing <laughs> temperatures. We're ready for the. We're ready for fall and we're ready for playoffs. If we could emulate that in Jacksonville somehow in July, then I mean. We're ready for a, another game in Foxborough, but we're also ready for a September afternoon at one o'clock. That's true. So. Um, when you get what, a what was your other actual expectation? My expectation. It's a little bit of a hot take. Like we said, I'm the hot take guy. I think Chris Conley is gonna be our best receiver next year. Oh God. <sighs> So, oh, I don't want to say next year, actually. Better than Marquise Lee. I'm going to say, <laughs> yeah, a little better than Marquise Lee. I'm going to say he's, goat? he's the more talked about receiver through training camp. I don't want to say next year. I'm well, I mean, I, I think you definitely are talking about the guy with the highest floor. Like, Chris Conley's worst is better than any other receiver on our roster's worst. But yeah. his best is probably third or fourth best. There, probably. Yeah, I would I say the best is probably Troll Pryor. No, I, I think best is D.D. Westbrook. Dude, we're talking about best in their career, I, though? If they play to the best they could possibly play, it's got to be Troll Pryor. Dude, Troll Pryor or D.D. It's definitely one of two, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not Mark Easley. It's not Mark It's one of two. <laughs> I'd give that nod to, nod to D.D. just because... We've seen more of Terrell Pryor, and I think we know a little more about him already. Did Versus you guys Didi, know the future of his career is more in the dark? Did you all know that D.D. Westbrook is the lightest player on our roster at 178 pounds? Wow! Wow! Yep. Learned so D.D. weighs about as much as I do. Yep. Wow! Isn't that wow. crazy? He makes a lot more money than you. He he does. Isn't that sad? 
But we're looking for the ads. We're gonna get cl- we're gonna get closer True. to D Westbrook <laughs> with those ads. We're gonna surpass him, bro. Um, we got a couple of uh of news nuggets. Um, that Dalton would like to announce. Uh, we got a new segment we're introducing called "In Case You Missed It." In case you missed it, here I go. <laughs> All right. So, in case you missed it, Yana Nagakwa has been completely silent. So that is, I mean, I guess. That's something you can't really miss because it's silence. It's kind of a news as no news. Yes. <laughs> the news is no news, so if you had heard news, you didn't actually hear it because there has been no news. <laughs> Sorry, but, but, but it, is <laughs> it, it is significant, though, that, that we still haven't heard anything about his contract and we're, we're rapidly approaching training camp. Yeah, no, it's definitely very concerning. We have, what, the two weeks coming up? Yep, two weeks exactly. So no news is definitely terrible news, so that's not good. Um, but moving on, because not much to talk about there. Hopefully we'll hear some. Can't do much about it. Um, in other news, DJ Chark learned how to swim. So that's huge. He's been working out of the YMCA pool with uh, Leon Jacobs, apparently. Leon Jacobs? Yes. He's a linebacker. Did he also not know how to swim? <laughs> I don't know. He was, <laughs> they talked about him. They or was Leon was... Jacobs like, teaching him how to swim? Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. DJ Chark is born and raised in Louisiana, went to LSU. Like, how did he even survive Katrina if you don't know how to swim? <laughs> I mean, he wasn't just swimming on top of <laughs> But, bro, if you're from a hurricane part, that's what I don't get. If you're from a hurricane-prone area of the United States. Yeah. Not even hurricane-prone, just flood-prone. Or just there's swimming pools in the general vicinity of where you live. There's how do you not know how everywhere to swim? though? Exactly, everyone should know how to swim. How do you not know how to swim? But the fact that you're saying <laughs> it's prone to flooding. Does that, mean, <laughs> does that mean he's supposed to be swimming like house to house? Like <laughs> you're prepared for it, dude. Think about, it. dude. If it starts flooding here, right? We're like, oh no, man, get swept away. But at least we can like stay afloat. If DJ Chark sees a flood, dude... I mean, temporarily, dude, you're not going to be able to just swim around for just days on end. Not days on end. You can hang on. But literally, DJ Chark, if there's a board two feet from him, he won't be able to reach it because he can't swim. <laughs> like, how terrible would that be? I think he can reach it. He can't reach it, dude. But the thing is, this is the, the beautiful thing about this is, DJ Chark has learned from his mistakes. He has a prodigy. That prodigy's name is Diego. Diego... Is a little kid, five years old, that is learning from DJ Chark how to swim. I don't know if you should. Wow. I don't know if you should be learning how to swim for someone that just learned. <laughs> but hopefully it's just a marketing ploy. But we're on street. Diego's being taught by DJ. So Diego, do, do you know his last name? No. But it's Diego. Yeah. Diego lives in a flood. Or, I don't want to say flood. Well, a Jack's Beach flooded last hurricane. Yes. But, a hurricane-prone area. For and sure. he knew, I need to learn how to swim. Yes. Took DJ Chark 22 years. Took Diego 5. Wow, Diego. He's going places. <laughs> shout, out, shout, out, shout out Diego. Out. <laughs> Diego, if you can put an ad in here. <laughs> Uh, that that about wraps up for the news. It's it's all season, y'all. That's, Our next segment brought to you by Diego. <laughs> it's all season. The best story we got is DJ Shark learning to swim. Sorry about that. Now I can actually be ch- literally make jokes about it being ch- Shark Week. Shark Week. He can't even swim. <laughs> they refer to him as a shark and he can't swim. Like, dude, come on. I mean, I don't know if you remember this specifically, but in the Patriots game last year, he ran out there onto the field and you saw him and you go, oh, dude. It's Shark Week, and then they threw it to him. Bat play, and he fumbled. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's Shark Week. DJ Shark does not represent Shark Week in a good way at all. Can't play on Shark Week. Can't swim on Shark Week. Just not a good look overall. <laughs> but shout out, but shout out, DJ. If you want to add, DJ or Diego, we, we got more of this. <laughs> all right, so our next, um, our first, our first real topic that we want to kind of dive into. Dude, Diego is a real topic. Okay, Diego. Don't Diego like that. Okay, bro. our second topic um, <laughs> that we want to talk about is uh, this was what this is about two weeks now, two weeks ago now. Um, Jack Del Rio went on Brent Martinow's show that he does with Austin Lane on ESPN six ninety, um, and Del Rio dropped kind of a bombshell that if you're a big Jags fan, you've probably heard of already. We're gonna go ahead and play the clip. I'll give you a little nugget right here. Okay. Okay. I had no idea we were going to draft Blaine Gabbert. All right. 
did you did you draw did your jaw just drop? Yeah, it did. It did. Did, did, you, did you did you okay. sense the silence? Okay, no idea. In fact, I left to go get something to eat because our our pick wasn't for you know for much longer in the in the, in the draft. You're and, supposed you know, to pick sixteenth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I go, and then I'm sitting there filling my plate, thinking, oh, great, we got a couple more hours before we pick, or, you know, hour and a half, whatever it might be. And uh, I see the Jaguars are on the clock. And I'm like, what the <laughs> blank is going on? I walk into the draft room, and I could see it on the faces of the people. They knew, all right, how uncomfortable that was, how – wrong that was and uh so that that's again that's for another day to fill in all the blanks yeah I, I know i just dropped a bomb there but the reality is i had no idea in fact uh my son luke who we've talked about quite a bit and i had ranked all the quarterbacks and we liked blaine both of us kind of had the same feel we liked him he was in the nick Foles range like third fourth round Wow. He, he wasn't. He wasn't a first round. He wasn't a guy to trade your draft and go up to get him at number nine, and so that was not part of uh, coaching. That was not part of me, and that was the first indication that my time there in uh, in Jayville was running running. Sh- so, obviously, that's kind of a bombshell. That's probably not the first time you've either heard that clip or at least heard that story. That got out. Um, I kind of want to start from the from the um, back of the clip to the front. The first thing he said, which is kind of the one part of that story where I feel like Del Rio is kind of stretching the truth a little bit, is I, I highly doubt that he had Blaine Gabbard as a third or fourth round. Yeah, it was a consensus he was second after Cam Newton. After Cam, yes, yeah. yeah. Everyone thought, like, obviously looking back now, you'd say, yeah, he was like a fifth rounder at best, but. What year but was that? That was 2010 or 11. He also I think mentioned, it was 11, but he, I could be wrong. He mentioned that him and his son were going through and ranking the yeah, quarterbacks. Who was like... Well, he's probably in high school at the time. Luke at the time was... He might have been even... And he was early high school. Yeah, was it would have been early on. You think him... Dra- because in, Luke was Florida's quarterback two years ago. Yes. Luke was in college two years ago. You think... A pro football head coach went through and watched film with his high school, probably freshman or sophomore <laughs> son, and ranked the quarterbacks and listened to his son. What yeah, he said, I'm sure. I'm sure he did do that, but, yeah. but do you think he depending actually, on your son for like, that an, an analysis? Honestly. I don't know about that. No, yeah, like obviously he's not like obviously he's not gonna you know take Luke's take for gospel, but. But the thing that I don't understand there is, like, I feel like at the very end he told that story and then he was like, all right, let me make myself sound super smart here and say that we had him third, fourth round. I just don't I just don't believe that. Like, no coach, no coach then would have had him in the third or fourth round. He, yeah, but like you just said, like, everyone had him right behind Cam. Yeah, and I find the weird thing. And even certain guys had him ahead of Cam. That's ter- that, that was a terrible take at the time, but, like, some guys had that just to tell you the kind of – status Blaine was at at the time. The weird thing, I feel like, kind of like on the road you were going on, that he just kind of wanted to sound like he was like a draft genius at the time. But like, the fact, they were literally talking about something else. And he just kind of like, almost turned the table into it, told that story, and then he literally said himself, I know I dropped a bombshell on you. Like, who says that after they say something? You know what I mean? It and it's like, there's like more he... details for another time. It's like, when's the time? Like, you're not associated with any of these people anymore. It kind feels like thing. he came on the show ready to tell that story. Yeah. Is what, is what you, I feel like you're saying, Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. I that mean, was totally I, planned out. I mean, I'd agree with that. And um, to get kind of more towards the front of the video where he, like, really dropped the the bombshell, how – well, let's say this. What percent true do you think that story is? I'd say 70? I'd probably say 75 to 80. Yeah, I, I believe him. I believe that it's possible he was actually. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think he just pulled that out of his ass. Like, I feel like I mean that story is definitely partly true, and I believe him that, especially considering Gene Smith was a GM at the time, and Gene Smith was an abomination to this franchise. But, I mean, like I like I don't doubt that happened. And again, I feel like that's not the kind of thing you can just make up. 
You know what I mean? Like, he definitely exaggerated, I feel like, a lot. Yo, yeah, he for sure exaggerated. I feel like the story in and of itself is true, but I feel like he kind of took it. I, I believe... I this... feel like... The, put, put it this way. Maybe... This is what I think maybe, maybe would have happened. Maybe it was some kind of, like, he left to go get food, and they were kind of hinting at maybe trading up for a quarterback. And he left, but didn't... He never said, like, okay, yeah, do it. And then he was surprised that they actually did it, or something like that. Mm-hmm. That seems a lot more realistic than me. Than he, than he literally told Gene Smith he had Blaine Gabbert as a fourth rounder, and he went to eat. And when he left, Gene Smith said, "Oh, he's gone. He'll never find this out. <laughs> Let me trade up and get him." Mm-hmm. Like I just, I just don't know. I, it's, it, that story is really tough for me to like fully believe. I, I believe the story. I don't. I mean, obviously, I believe that Jack Del Rio went into that interview thinking. This is probably a good time to try to save face, and I can say, you know, I wasn't actually in there when we drafted another bus at quarterback, because like that's what Jack Del Rio is. I feel like he likes to push the blame, but yeah, I think that was definitely a stretch of the truth. Sure, I, I agree with you. I think he probably might have walked out of the room when they did it, or obviously they did, but there's had to be some talks before he left. There's the room. no way that. Jack Del Rio left that room with zero with zero idea. There's no way he left that room thinking that Gene Smith had Blaine Gabbert as a third or fourth rounder. I do not believe that in any sense of the word. There's no way. Literally, the only facts that we can prove because obviously that's all story, and we don't need other people's side of it. But this is kind of minute details, but it's also I feel like kind of shows the fact. Like literally, the two facts he said were exaggerations. He said they traded up to nine. They actually traded to 10. To yes, 10. they did. I, so remember like, that. I remember that when I heard it. I was like, it was 10. I'm pretty yeah, sure. How, do we, know, how do we know that? Not the coach. Right. But it's because he's exaggerating, I feel like, in my yes. opinion. And he said he was about to be at the food court for two to three hours at first. And he said, oh, hour and a half. But the Jaguars were picking six picks after that. Yeah. So it's like. That's not going to be. Just like he just, he's trying An to. An hour and a half back. is the, ma- I mean, total maximum. He's like a few hours. I mean, it's <laughs> six picks after. <laughs> yeah. Like, Six picks does not take three hours. No. It, it kind of seems like it. When Cam and I went to the draft this year, when we went to the first round, then it, it kind of felt like it between it each de- It definitely did. But, like, yeah, obviously six picks is not... It wasn't you know, three hours. It yeah, was... that's ridiculous. And also, you, ha- you also have to take in, into the account that this was the first round. So, the first round is the guys that you have months to talk about. Yeah. The GM and the coach can have conversations about the first, you know, 15 potential picks. They, they can talk about those guys for months. Yeah, they've had, they have to know each other's draft boards front and back if they don't have the same exact draft board already compiled together. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. There's no way. This is just ignorance. So honestly, but, I mean, the state of the franchise at the time was not fantastic. Sure. Gene Smith was a no, terrible yeah, I, GM. I do not doubt at all that Gene Smith did some sort of concoction of that story behind Del Rio's back. Yeah, I don't doubt sure. that whatsoever. Yeah. Knowing who Gene Smith was as a GM and knowing who Del Rio was as a coach and assuming their relationship probably wasn't great. Yeah. I don't doubt that this story is at least partially true, but there's no way that everything he says is fully Do you do you know what you, that was twenty ten? It was 2011, right? 2011? It was 2011, yes. Do you know Cam Newton was the first overall pick in that draft. I don't yep. want to like, like try to like throw y'all on the bus. Do you know what year Gene Smith became the GM of the Jets? Became the GM? I think it was 09. I want to say 09. I want to say Shaq Harris was done in 08. And that, sound, that sounds right. But I could be your, your years Because I right. think Gene Smith's first pick was uh, Eugene Monroe. I'm that, pretty sure. That's Actually, I think, I think that's right. right. I think that's exactly I right. I think. We don't want to... I might be a year or two off, but like I'm... I'm definitely right in the ballpark. And my theory, like, if he was an early, like, a first few years of a GM, it could be him almost trying to be like, I want to show off that I'm about to take this guy, and he might become right. the and next that was, thing. That, that was the splash pick of that draft. Because Cam, everyone knew that. Oh, I mean, everyone take knew, Cam. yeah. Cam was the most explosive pick, but everyone knew that that was going to happen, so that didn't really break any news. But, but Blaine Gabbert broke news. That was that. That's the only thing where I can kind of see Del Rio's side, is like no one really saw that coming. No one saw us trading up. Yeah. To get if if he had fallen to us, then sure. But I don't think anyone saw us trading up all those spots, especially when David Garrard was 
the starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was definitely kind of weird. And Gene Smith came in in early 2009, so that would have been uh, almost a, a little bit over two years. Okay, so, so I was right. He came in 2009? Yes. And then his he, first pick was probably Eugene Monroe then the year before, I think. That sounds... Yes, I think so. Not sure we got Derek Harvey that. was, what, 08? Bro, and then, name. Or is that... No, Derek Harvey was before that. But anyway, uh, I want to move on to... Um, I told I gave everyone a homework assignment this week. I told everyone that they had to come to this week's pod with a hot take. And the hotter the better. But we're gonna go round table and Dude, get everyone's hot take. That's not what it says on the topic list. So <laughs> I came up with a name. I came up with a name, and it may not be great. But it's there. We may not be sticking with this. If any of our listeners have any better ideas, <laughs> we're, we're open to it. Um, but for now, we're calling this segment the Hot Take Lake. <laughs> Brought to you by Insert Ad here. <laughs> Cam's our marketing guy. We want that ad wherever you are. We're going to put you right there. If you like that name, we'll change the name if you want it. Yes. We will. We but will. we have your name right there. That's a lot better than a um, Hot Take Cake. Or hot for take sure. Drake. <laughs> what about Those the hot are... take shake. Hot take shake for sure. Hot take rake. Hot take shake sponsored by Smoothie sponsored by Smoothie King. Smoothie King. Oh. If you're available Smoothie for a sponsorship, King. we're free to put you in there. Smoothie King, if you're listening. Hot take shake. Alright, so anyway. Everyone give me your hot take shake. The no, numbers guy. No, I want the numbers guy to go first. Cam, you're the hot take guy. That's a good point. Right, I do jerk. like my hot takes, and I like the knee-jerk reaction. So maybe first or last? I, I would like to lead us off, actually, because my hot take is something that we actually talked about this guy briefly for not very long earlier in this uh, podcast. But my hot take for the Jags, 2019, Terrell Pryor is going to lead the Jags in receiving yards. Receiving yards? Receiving yards. I could have said touchdowns. Wow. I could have said touchdowns, but you're like, wow, I mean, he's a red zone target. We can go throw him. Yeah, touchdowns, touchdowns, I'd probably be more on board with you, but yards? I'm talking yards Dude. over Didi, over Conley, over Chark, let over me, Lee. Let me give you my hot take also, and we'll go back to yours because mine kind of feeds into yours. I would love to hear it. Mark Easley will be the fourth best receiver on the Jaguars next year. So that kind of translates into fourth most yards behind Terrell Pryor. Thank you. So who else would you have? Terrell Pryor, D.D. Westbrook, Keelan Cole? No. No, no, Chris Conley. Chris Chris Conley. 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 Terrell Pryor. Chris Conley. Conley or Chark. Conley or Chark. I'm stubborn one of those out. Neither one. All I know is... We're leaving Terrell Pryor and D.D. Westbrook for sure, right? Definitely D.D. Westbrook. It has to be those two. We got Terrell Pryor, D.D. Westbrook, then you go maybe Conley, maybe Charles. Yeah, I know you're an Ohio State guy, but why are we assuming Terrell I, Pryor is good? What I want <laughs> you to do is, we're going off his hot take. What I want you to we understand him to the vet is for a reason. What I want you to understand, yes, we signed him for the vet minimum because of his. He wasn't on a team because he cares about the cap space, dude. He's a team. He's a team player with team the cap space. He had over a thousand yards receiving. With our old quarterback, who we dogged in the first uh, episode of this podcast. Who? Kessler. Cody Kessler? Kessler. Yeah, he did. That was like three years ago, though, right? He had over 1,000 yards Dude, receiving. That is tough. With Cody Kessler. That's tough to do. I couldn't do that. No one can do that. <laughs> well, that's true, but why hasn't he been on a team in three years? Two, two He's had injury problems, and I know that we can't predict injuries. And we but can't he was on the Raiders last year, I think. Or the year before, at least. No, he was on the Bills last year. That's or he's on the Jets, right. and before that was the Bills, and then that was the Browns. He hasn't been on the Raiders since his, the first time. Oh, yeah, the Raiders draft. Was it was the first team. Yeah, that's he was right. on. The supplemental draft. Yes, right. yep, and yeah, he was the quarterback. He wasn't even a receiver yet. That's true. That's true. That's true. When I tell you that I'm predicting a breakout season from Terrell Pryor, he is going to lead us in receiving yards. And it has nothing to do with you being an Ohio State fan. Literally, zero. The bias <laughs> is not real. You're telling me Terrell Pryor have more yards than D.D. West. Yes, I'm telling you, when they, under, like, 
teams That's what we're here for is the hot Teams picks. understand what we do with Didi. Obviously, sure, we had Blake Bortles. We had a different scheme. They know he's coming. They're like, all right, 12 It wasn't park. really a scheme. It was just crossing It was just kind of like a, we're going to throw, we're going to throw a few guys across the, the field. Good thing Marquise like, Lee wasn't hopefully in the running so that he wouldn't drop those crosses. Hopefully, the, hopefully the defense is running man-to-man or our crossing routes, we're going to get blown up by some. <laughs> but I'm telling you, a big receiver with blazing speed, that's the thing people forget about. Blazing too. speed. Yes. You can look up his 40 time if you want. He is fast. Very fast. A big body receiver who is finally getting healthy, who finally has a competent quarterback with a team who likes to, I don't want to say likes to throw the ball, with an offensive coordinator who is known to throw the ball. We are going to throw him the ball more than you think. He's going to lead the team in receiving yards. Receiving yards, okay. And it's a hot take. No, no, that is definitely hot. It's It's steaming. steaming. (laughs) That is spicy. I want to know who can back up my hot take after that one. The, right. the, well, no, I know the numbers guy can't back that up. Back it up as in, like, support your claim? Well, no, I, I just respond. I want to hear your hot take. Oh, you, yeah, I heard you. Heard. Well, my hot, take, we'll that my hot takes is that yours is, like, my hot take is that your hot take is possible within my hot take. Because Marquise Lee will not have the most receiving yards on the Jags. What if Marquise right. Lee doesn't Expand even start? Expand on your hot take a little bit. On your Marquise Lee hot take. There's literally nothing to expand on. Marquise Lee is just trash. I feel like that's hotter than saying he'll, he'll be the fourth best receiver. Like, Because most people would maybe agree with you that he'd be the fourth best receiver. But I don't think anyone agrees with you that he's... Well, I mean, I might. But like, I don't think the general Jaguar fan is going to agree with you that he's trash. So tell us why he's trash. I have seen that man single-handedly lose us more games than... Possibly any other player in sports history that I've observed. I can think of Josh one. I th- oh, Josh Wells. Well, Josh Wells can't do it single-handedly. He uses both hands, and he fails really hard. Marquise Lee tries to use both hands, hits one hand, and he just drops it, and he loses the game for us. I think of the Jets game where he dropped uh, in overtime. Tough. In overtime. That game still hurts. He, he almost had, we had us, that catch was going to put us in field goal range, and he dropped it. And we had to punt, and then that's when everything broke down from there. And looking later into that year, if we had won that Jets game, we would have had one more win later in the year. And going into that Titans game, the last game of the year, could have been we would have had the chance going into the Titans game to get the second seed. In could the you AFC. imagine? Could you imagine that? We would have beaten out Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh and us would have had the same record. And we had and the tiebreaker. We had the tiebreaker because we beat them. That is all because of Marquise Lee. <laughs> and we're paying him. All, all comes out to one We're Marquise paying Lee him probably 30, I think it was like $32 million. You should have seen me the day we re-signed Marquise Lee to that fat contract. Dalton literally made a petition. Oh, dude, I forgot about that. Dalton made a petition to get Marquise Lee out of Jacksonville. Dude, I was pissed. I already created a <laughs> petition. Dude, I need to see how that's doing. I'm about to Google that right now. Is, the, is it still up? Does it not like delete itself? Dude, I feel still like getting self deletes after a while. Still getting signatures, bro. Um, I sign it as a different email. I'm resign it every day. <laughs> all right. So while while you look for that uh, petition, I will offer my hot take, and I feel like both of y'all are gonna disagree with me on this hot take. I could stick with my other hot take that Leonard Fournette will be the worst pick. In Jaguar history. No. Oh, wow. Which y'all no. also disagree with. No. I'm, not, I'm not sticking with that one. We talked Leonard Fournette to death in the last podcast. But I have a new hot take that you're probably both going to disagree with. Dalton might not, but he still probably will. I believe that at the end of this season, the worst contract on the books for the Jaguars. Oh, God. Will be AJ Boye. Oh, wow, dude! That I mean, I feel like that's not that much of a hot take. Here's why: he has two years left on his deal, right? I believe it's two years. Two years left on his deal. It might be three. Let me look it up. Two or three. Point is, he's not in the contract here. No, definitely not. And that contract, as we talked about last time, is is huge. He's getting paid a ton, and we're gonna have kind of a problem next year because Jalen's gonna want a new deal. 
and you know he'll be able to compare it to AJ and be like, listen, I'm better than AJ. I guard the better receiver every game. And, I mean, I think everyone expects us to pay him more than we're paying AJ, but we're already paying AJ a ton, so that's tough. Yeah, AJ Boye has the third highest cap hit of any cornerback for next year. Right, and... Third. And AJ Boye is good. I like AJ Boye. And I like having a second corner that's that good. Yeah, he, he's, he is really good. He's really good, but is he third best corner in the league, though? Mm, no. I, I would honestly does, not. Does that make him expendable? No, no, it doesn't make him expendable, but his money, compared to what he's giving us, is going to be the worst contract we have at the end of this coming year. I can see that. I never really thought about Boye that much into it, but... That's definitely possible. He has three more years left on his contract. If we cut him next season, it'll be four million a dead cap. It will save eleven million. So that's probably worth it. That might if if he is a bust next. Or not bust. He's average to below average. I would. That's probably what I'm he didn't have a great year last year. This no. is the main, the main reason I'm saying it is he didn't have a great year. Yeah, I feel like people don't talk about that. People don't talk about that at all. Yeah. And if you look at two years ago too in the Steelers game, dude, yeah, that was we, not his fault though. Okay, it wasn't. It might not. It might not have been his fault, but he's guarding Antonio Brown. He was getting worked the whole yeah. game. Antonio Brown's. He's an animal. He's probably the best all right. He's an animal, but do you not pay AJ Boye to be able to guard guys like that? No, and I mean that's. True. And I'm not saying you got to shut him down. I'm not saying you got to hold him to you know one catch for, you know, twelve yards or something. But Antonio Brown caught two touchdowns on him, and like on him. Like, I'm talking. Sense. I'm yeah. talking. AJ was right there, and Antonio Brown just said, "Get off me," like. You can't be doing that if you're the third be- if you're the third highest paid corner in the league. You can't be doing that. You just can't. And I think you look at last year he turned in an underwhelming year. Is underwhelming fair? Yeah. An underwhelming year. And this year, unless he has a huge turnaround, then I don't see why he's worth that money. I don't see how, and I don't see how we're going to be able to pay guys like Yannick Ngakwe and Miles Jack and Jalen Ramsey. I don't see how you make those contracts work if you have an A.J. Boye-like contract on your team. Yeah. Honestly, when you say it like that, it doesn't sound like too much of a hot take. That's yeah. pretty good. Sounds reasonable. That's a lot... That's a lot like, colder than Cam's hot take. I feel like that takes sounds... It won't sounds, be a hot take at the end of this year. <laughs> I feel like that takes sounds hot when you say it. Yeah. But then if you... It's one of those It's one of those things where, like, when you first hear it, you're like, no. And then you think about it, you're like, wait. <laughs> actually. That'll, that'll be mine, but after we watch the few, first few games, you're like, wow. He was right about Terrell Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so NFL.com released an article, and... It was the top NFL team, the top 10 NFL teams of this decade, so 2010 and on, and coming in at number 10 Whoa. is the 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars. Should I, should I kind of skim over this summary real quick for, for what they say? Yeah. yeah. As long as I've gone off the rails with the Chiefs, let's keep the fun going with this odd duck of a team. The list of squads I'd favor in a hypothetical matchup against these Jaguars is long. And it would include teams that did not make this piece, like the 2018 Rams, nah. 2012 Broncos, 2016 trash. Falcons, and several in- incarnations of the Saints, Patriots, Packers, and Seahawks. Absolute trash. Blake Wormles might go, <laughs> go down as history's purest representation of the quarterback's team of the quarterback teams try to talk themselves into. That is rude. Running back, Lin- <laughs> running back Leonard Fournette plotted to running back Leonard Fournette plotted to 1,040 yards and 3.9 yards per carry. The leading Jaguars receiver Keelan Cole finished tied for 40th in the NFL with 748 yards. And yet, the offense managed to keep peace, to keep pace with the world-class defense loaded with studs like Calais Campbell and Jalen Ramsey. With Jacksonville being one of a handful of teams this decade to rank in the top five in points scored, fifth, <laughs> points allowed, second, and yards allowed, second in their season, the 2015 Seahawks and 2012 Broncos are two notable squads that rank in the top five in their seasons in scoring, scoring defense, offensive yards, and defensive yards, but they were precluded by my one representative per franchise rule. Mm. It didn't hurt that the defense contributed seven touchdowns via interception or final return. Jacksonville never won more than four games in a row, but Tough. the Jags proved to be a formal playoff force, pushing the Patriots to the brink in the AFC title game. And this is written by Tom Blair? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, that's crazy. Right when I opened this article, the first thing I did was scroll to the bottom. Because I like, 
Dude, it's possible. It's, it's possible. possible. <laughs> and they're there at number 10. I was shocked. I so see it, I see it as a bit of a hot take. I, as I much as I love the Jags, I don't think that was the 10th. 10th best team of the decade. Well, he also said, I mean, he, he said that a main reason it made the list was is because he, he had a one team per yes. franchise. <laughs> right. Which definitely helps us because you could probably, sure. probably put like six Patriots Seahawks and, over and over again for and a little Seahawks bit. Seahawks when they had their run. You could put probably three three years in a row with the Seahawks yeah. teams. You could put, yeah. Like but with his, with his rule, it's not as bad as it may seem. Yeah. No, with that rule, I think it's about right. It it definitely say. fits the scheme because we were top five in multiple categories. Because y'all, year. that defense was stupid. Dude, seven our touchdowns. Our offense was so bad. Seven touchdowns. <laughs> That's probably the same amount of touchdowns as the offense had last year total. Like Blake Bortles literally had more rushing yards in that wild card game against the Bills than passing yards. He did, and they scored one touchdown, and That's we true. won. I mean, guys, that's true. The defense made up for it. That's crazy. But, I mean, there were a couple games, though, late in that season, where that team, that offense... Was abysmal. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm thinking multiple games where there <laughs> Well, I mean, early in the year, especially, there, that the offense well, we, was, was we really came, tough, We but... crashed and burned at the finish of the regular season, if you remember that. San Francisco, Arizona... Things are looking bad. Do you remember yeah. those? I'm yeah. talking about... I do remember those. That was, like, that was like right around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. The la- I'm pretty sure we lost the last game, the last three games of the year. We right? did. We finished against Arizona, San Francisco, and Tennessee. Right, but the Rams had beaten the Titans the week before, so it was secured our AFC South. Right, so yeah. so the Titans game didn't matter. Didn't matter. Yeah, but which I tr- I try to tell that to Titans fans all the time, and they they're always like, "Who cares? Still beat I could you. I could write a book on all the things Titans fans do wrong, but <laughs> very good point. Um, but the it was a. Three game stretch, we played Houston in one of those games, Indianapolis, and somebody else. Seattle, maybe. Are you thinking about that stretch? Seattle, yes. And that was later in the year. I think that was weeks like thirteen through sixteen, mm-hmm. something like that, or not thirteen through sixteen. Couldn't have been earlier than that. Then it was like well, just a few ten through earlier. thirteen, mm-hmm. somewhere around there later in the year. Blake Bortles was the best quarterback in the NFL. Dude, it's insane. He did go through streaks that were insane. For that like three week stretch, he was the best quarterback in the NFL, and the Jaguars' offense was the best offense in the NFL. I will not forget that Houston game in Jacksonville, third last home regular season game of the year. Thirty one zero at halftime. Is that right? Thirty one zero at halftime. Did he throw for like four hundred yards? Something insane. It was like something insane. He had, I think, his, I think his yards were in the three hundred somewhere, but he had four touchdowns, four <sighs> passing touchdowns, and the Seahawks game was of course. Really impressive, and the there's a Colts game in there too. We and we granted, were, out of those three, the only decent defense you're talking about is Seattle. Seattle. Um, but I mean, but, but look at that Seattle game. Seattle needed that game badly. It, if I remember, it's this is actually correct. We were both eight and four coming in to that game. The so, Jags and Seahawks. Yes, Jags and Seahawks were both eight and four going into that game. I to remember. me, you know what? You know what? I'm getting really specific here. Do you remember in that game the Keelan Cole touchdown? Yes, the Keelan Cole over the top. He runs like into the, the tunnel. Like the seventy yard yes. Keelan Cole. I don't know if it's seventy yards, but like sixty yard Keelan yeah. Cole touchdown. That touchdown to me defined the Jaguar season, the twenty seventeen season, because that season had a lot of just weird games. It had a lot of just funky games that oh, and we just ended up we just kind of squeaked out on top of a lot of these kind of weird odd games. Um, but typical Jags of the past decade and unfortunately most of this franchise's history has been do something kind of good, crash and burn. Do something good, crash and burn. And in that game, I vividly remember, I was like, all right, this is like a make or break game. It kind of proved to to the fans if this team was real or not, I feel like. Yes, exactly. I completely agree. And remember Seattle was coming back at that point I think Russell Wilson had led two touch. Russell Wilson was going off. He had taken two. He had had two like long touchdowns in a row. Um, we had fumbled on a kick return, and it looked like we were going to choke this game away. We would maybe back into a wild card spot by the end of the year. You know, typical. And then that touchdown. And then that touchdown. I was like, wow, 
It's almost this like, is, wow. This team is actually different. They responded to adversity. On offense. On offense. It's insane. From a Blake Bortles throw that was really accurate. To an undrafted free agent. To an undrafted free agent. You couldn't make that up. And and the reason I go uh, the reason I go into that detail in that narrative is because those kind of moments are to me what make that pick not seem so ridiculous. Like that team was serious business. Like like I get it. Like if we were to, you know, say that you can you can list as many Patriot teams as you want, sure. But what's the point of making this list if you just have seven Patriots teams yeah. on there and three Seahawks teams? Like, that's just dumb. If you make this list and you make it any fun, I really think the 2017 Jags are on there. And if you talk top ten, it's debatable, but you can't debate top ten story in the last decade. You can't debate. Oh, for sure, yeah. I, I would argue on this list the Jaguars might be the third or fourth most interesting story. Mm-hmm. A team that's been a historical doormat of the league, that's always been bad, that... Every time, again, every time they seemingly do something good, they crash and burn. And this team came out of nowhere and went to the AFC title game and was honestly robbed of the Super Bowl berth. And I think even Patriots fans will admit that. Yeah, that is factual. Um, so Dalton has a new segment he'd like to introduce. Uh oh. Yes, I am so excited for this, y'all. So we got a few more weeks, a couple more months until um, a few more weeks until the preseason starts. A couple more months. So the regular season starts, and that gives us just enough time to do a pick of the week every week from now until the season starts. So what we're going to do, we're going to start backwards, starting in round seven. We're going to talk about each of the Jaguars' picks until we get to Josh Allen in round one. This is partly to break down each pick and partly to help the people know the full Jaguars draft class. Yeah, that's always my problem. I never know exactly who we picked in the later rounds. And I feel like that's obviously something that you should know because obviously there can be good people that come in the later rounds. So, like Graham said, you're going to know who we drafted and kind of get to know what they're about and who they are. So, at round 7, at 235 overall, we picked Dontavius Russell defensive tackle out of Auburn. So, Dontavious Russell is 6'3", 320 pounds. Um, he started all four years at Auburn. And so, um, that's obviously Auburn, obviously good historical school, especially defense, defensive line. Um, started all four years is super important. Uh, he kind of has, he played defensive tackle over there and some nose tackle. But where I see him in the NFL it's kind of playing as a Marcel Darius type run stopper. And uh, when I was watching his film, um, I watched a couple of games he had in his 2017 and 2018 seasons. And Marcel Darius is almost a perfect comparison. Obviously, Darius had a lot more hype coming out of NFL. When, when was he drafted, Cam? What year? Or what uh, pick overall? Darius. He was third overall. Third overall. To the Bills. Yeah. So, obviously, a lot more hype out of Darius, but just watch this guy's film. He commands double teams on run plays. You'll see every single run play that he's in, he has the guard and center on him. He weighs 319 pounds. 319. I love that. Yeah, dude, that's so nice. I love, I love a big old hog molly that can plug up a hole. Yeah, having him and um, Marcel Darius and maybe Avery Jones rotation will be so nice. So nice. It, yeah, it seemed like we only had... Avery Jones and Marcel Darius, and those are the two guys that we had. Yeah, because you're talking about the rest of your defensive line being really good, but it's very finesse. It's finesse, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're not dealing with a lot of bullies that can plug up the run. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, if if Dontavious Russell can give you, you know, forty percent of the production, thirty percent of the production that Marcel Darius gives you, then I think that's a win. Yeah. Is he going to make the roster? I sure hope so. I mean, I honestly haven't seen a lot of you him. Can't, you can't say yeah or no at this yeah. point. You would hope he does because you want that, like we're saying. Always root for the rookies. Yeah. So or the strengths. drafted rookies. So our last topic of the day is called a brand new segment. It's called the Stat Shack. Brought to you by blank. Another you by, no, plug. No. Oh, we have a sponsor. Brought to you by Miller Lite. Not actually. <laughs> but we would love to. Miller Lite, if you want to get on the phone with us as soon as possible, we'll take Miller your call. Lite. We'll Photoshop something in a shack on the beach 
with us three drinking Miller Lights, wearing teal shirts. If you want that plug, just know we're ready to go. <laughs> It'll be great. Um, so the stat check. Everyone, we're going to go round table again. Everyone has provided an interesting Jaguar stat that the average fan may not know. So Cam, you're up first. So I have two interesting stats for okay. everyone at home to just to kind of listen to and kind of realize, yes, we're a young franchise, but we've had some quarterback struggles. <laughs> I want you to understand that our second leading passer in franchise history in I yards. Guess. I guess. Yes. Blake Worlds. Is indeed the boat in 75 games became our second leading passer. I'm surprised he was more than David Garrard. And yeah, you would think, sure, he's. He, we, I, what I came to think of when I saw these numbers is that was a lot of garbage time. <laughs> yeah, a lot of garbage time. There was time. a lot oh, yeah, of garbage for sure. time. That's and the, true. And the other thing is, you have to think, like, it's hard to remember, but I mean, David Garrard was only the starter for three years. I guess that's true. 07, 08, 09. And then we drafted Blaine Gabbert because Gerard was having those back problems, remember? Mm-hmm. And they decided to go ahead and start, or they, they decided to go ahead and draft Blaine Gabbert. And then not long after that, David Gerard got cut. That's so, right. And in 2006, Byron Leftwich was the starter. So you're really talking only three years of starting quarterback play from David Gerard, and Blake Worrell was our starter for longer than that. It, so you heard a lot of different names there from Graham. But this kind of makes it a little interesting. Yeah, we're out of our 25th year here in franchise history. And we'd hope we've had sustained quarterback play. But the 18th leading passer <laughs> in Jaguars history is none other than Cecil Shorts. <laughs> 18th. <laughs> 18th leading Dude, passer. I was shocked. Dude, was Maurice Jones Drew in the top 15? No. Dang it. Dude, I, I said Matt Jones. Where's Matt Jones? He's outside that, too. Denard Robinson's a former college quarterback, and he's not even in the top 25. Dude, Cecil Short's the GOAT, bro. Cecil Short's the best quarterback. 18th <laughs> leading passer in a franchise's history. He probably is the receiver. highest QBR. He probably does, dude. I bet he has the highest QBR. D. Westbrook's 32nd, and he has never completed a pass. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's crazy. That's hilarious. Um, all right, Dalton, your turn. So, during my stat shot, I like the take the opportunity to rip Leonard Fournette even more than we already have. Go off, King. Um, last year, Leonard Fournette had only 74 more rushing yards than Blake Bortles. That's tough. 74. That hurts. Last year, Leonard Fournette had the least amount of rushing yards from a Jaguar starting running back since Rashad Jennings in what year? 2012. The peak of the most <laughs> atrocious years in Jaguar history. 2012 is the worst. Is the worst. I, you can look I, at the I'll uniforms. You can look at the players. You can look at everything about the team. It was the worst. You know who was the best player on that team? Cecil Shorts. The 32nd <laughs> best passer you just in the history <laughs> of the Jaguars. Um, got some more stats to go along with that. Um, we were talking about his yards per carry last year was 3.3 at 133 attempts. But listen to this. TJ Yeldon had four yards per carry last year at 104 attempts. Carlos Hyde, y'all remember Carlos Hyde, how abysmal watch him play was? Yes. Had 3.3 yards per attempt, the same as Leonard Fournette. All right, so, so for my stat check, I brought you two stats that kind of go along. It's, it's kind of the same thing. But I want y'all to guess both of these before I, before I reveal it. Um, the a writer for the New England Patriots actually released a an article that had the winning percentages and the actual raw record of every team in the NFL from 2010 to now to like the last game of 2018. And so that writer named Don Banks, he had the record and the winning percentage for every team in the past eight years. First, where do y'all think the Jaguars were ranked? I know the peak bad years of 2011, 12, 13, 14 puts us deep in the hole. 
I need a number. I need a specific number. 1 through 32. 31. 29. 31 is correct. Did what? I really get that? 31 is correct. Well, 32 the Browns. It has to be the Browns. That's what I said. I said, I said Browns have to be 32. And oh, my God. When I saw that the only team we were ahead of was the Browns, I was like, I don't even know if that counts. It I really doesn't. Browns, I mean, they went winless like 14 different times. I don't know times. if the Browns <laughs> have tried to win in the past eight years. We've literally tried. We went to the AFC Championship. We're um, still a 31. Bro. So we had a, t- a top ten decade team. <laughs> so another fun fact is the Browns were the only team on the list to have more than a hundred losses in the last eight years, which is horrendous. Oh my god! How, how many losses? How many? I'll, I'll get there. How many losses do you think the Jaguars had? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ninety nine. Yo, we're killing these stats oh right god. now. Oh my god! The stat shack is something different. It is just something different. That's, that's I will. Uh, I will read. I would love to know how many wins we and the Browns have. I wonder the difference. Let me read the short. Hope it's significant. I hope it is, dude. Please tell me. The Browns were 36, 107, and 1. That's terrible. With a regular season percentage. Oh, yeah, this is just a regular season, I'm pretty sure. With a regular season winning percentage of The Jaguars were 45 and 99 with a regular season percentage of .313. Decade summary. The Jaguars slid back to familiar last place territory in the AFC South in 2018. After reaching the AFC title game the season before, there has been some bad NFL football played in Florida for quite a while now. But the Jaguars' regression was among the biggest surprises of the season last year. Coach Doug Marone is on the hot seat and probably gets only one more year, one more shot to fix his enigmatic team. So that is tough. That is real tough. Um... It'll be better next year. It will be. We, we got falls. We got everything going on. It's going to be good. I don't want to get my expectations up, though. Yo, not to... I don't want to end this podcast on a bad note. I feel like the Stat Shack is here to stay. I enjoyed oh, sure. it. I enjoyed the Stat Shack. Definitely better than Hot Take Lake. <laughs> Much better than Hot Take Lake. <laughs> but the Stat Shack... I think that's good. It's Brought good. to you by... Boom, you're right there. Miller you're Light. right there. <laughs> Miller Lite. That's going to stick with Miller Lite. We're waiting for you, Miller Lite. For now, Miller Lite, we really want you to be the stat shots. They, they will be one day. We'll Our phones there. are ready to go. And Miller Lite, you can, it's not just the podcast. We, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We are, we got a website. We're, we're on MySpace. We're, we're on Snapchat. We're not on, yet. We're on we Vine. We're on Vine. We're still on Vine. <laughs> If we were still on mine, that'd be impressive. We'd have to really cut these down to fit the six second. <laughs> That's all right. Um, all right. I think that wraps up just about everything yep. this week. Anyone got anything? Anybody got any more takes before we leave? You guys need to make sure this is going to post tomorrow on Monday. But you guys, we will have some kind of Facebook or Instagram live stream live from the beach bars on Friday and Saturday night. We will make that happen. That's a promise. I just want to let you know that I hate the Titans. <laughs> well, you're not alone. Nope. We're here for you, buddy. Alright. So I think that concludes episode two of the Bold City Bros Podcast. We appreciate you listening.